Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? In 1979, an underground construction expert claimed to have had a firefight with aliens at Dulce, New Mexico. He then went on to give lectures and speeches about it all over the country before dying under mysterious circumstances in 1996. Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we discuss the fascinating case of Phil Schneider. Hello listeners and welcome back to Aliens Explored, your weekly listen about the mysteries of the the skies. Um, this week we're going to be looking at the mysterious life and death of Phil Schneider. I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. And and fantastic introduction as ever, Neil. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and, and particularly ironic that you say we're looking at the skies because Phil Schneider is famous for his underground. Uh, yeah, <laughs> finding things underground <laughs> that, that came from the skies. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Phil Schneider, interesting character. Before we get into any 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 of that, though, mm-hmm. um, there are some people out there, hopefully listening to this right now, um, and not right now as we're recording, that would be creepy, because uh, we pre-record these. <laughs> but, but listening to us as they're listening to it. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm about. <laughs> if you're, oh, if you're listening to this, this is aimed at you. I need sleep. I really, really do. Um, so the first person I uh, want to say a big, big hi to is uh, one of our very regular listeners, Ed. Um, hi, Ed. So, hello, Ed. Um, Ed has been sending lots of messages about the uh, the content and how much he's enjoying it. So, thank you, thank that, you that, for that. That will always get you a mention. Uh, yeah, but in particular, what I want to mention, Ed, uh, about is he's given us a slight correction to. Uh, it, it was an episode a couple of weeks ago, the uh, on the Athurius Society. Mm. Uh, that episode we mentioned the Heaven's Gate cult. Yes, uh, and we mentioned that they were trying to hitch a ride on Halley's comet, mm. and has corrected it. It was actually Halley Bot. Hallibop. Hail, Hailbop, uh, yeah. Hailbop. The Hailbop. Yeah, he, he's right, yeah. Sorry? Uh, I thought it was Hallibop. Um, Is it Hallibop? It, it or Hallibop? Yeah, because I mean, we talk, I, mean, I suppose <laughs> we talk about Bill Haley and the Comets, and so it became Haley's yeah. Comet rather than uh, Halley's Comet. Um, do you know uh, what? Yeah, that, that Ed, Bob. And, and you know, actually, I'm probably show, showing my <laughs> ignorance here, Ed. Um, I, I I think I probably thought it was just another name for the same thing. 
Uh, I'd heard Halibop as a as a different comet, um, mm. but I, I, there are similarities between them, definitely. Mm. Um, but as, as Ed very rightly put, and Ed, perhaps you can tell us how it's supposed to be pronounced, whether it's Halibop or Halebop. Mm. Um, but at least we got the bop part right. We got the, um, well, we assume we have. <laughs> Uh, Ed very rightly says that Halley's Comet's actually not due back until July 2061. Right, well, I'll make a note in my diary for that one. Yeah, because, of course, seeing Halley's Comet, and I remember Halley's Comet, um, that, that is a once-in-a-lifetime experience, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I suppose some people might just experience it twice, but whether it's memorable is another I suppose at either end of the spectrum for him. Because it's mm. every 75 years, I'm saying really hesitantly. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we live in a country that's um, overcast a lot of the time, heavy cloud, and so we'll, we'll be told about some kind of phenomena in the sky that, you know, Jupiter is closer <laughs> than ever, or, or you know, the, the moon will be... And you go outside and all you can see is cloud. Yeah. You look up and you get a wet face. Mm. That's the UK for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, got some other people really, really want to say hello to. Um, another one is uh, someone who's only just started listening to our podcast very recently, uh, which is Joan. Um Joan's been absolutely lovely since um, since sort of hearing about the podcast. She's been sending me quite regular emails about stuff that she's finding in the press about uh, UFO events. Um, so that's really very much appreciated. Hmm. Uh, so thanks, Joan. Keep keep that up. Um, also, want to mention? I've got a few mentions here. Today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, see, yeah. So let's go yeah, with agenda. it. Um, Ben Stevenson. Now, Ben got in touch. Uh, ben is the founder, or, or one of the um, one of the people from Central Utah Paranormal. Um, uh, ben also does the Lost Souls podcast. So give that a Lost uh, give Souls that a podcast. Good okay. Yeah. Um, where, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Ben's really interesting character. He, like I say, he runs um, Central Utah Paranormal, which is a paranormal investigation company. They they go out and to haunted properties and do like the um, EMF readings and electronic voice phenomenon and and things like that. I mean, the closest I get to that, I suppose, would be the UFO thing. But also, mm. uh, I play Phasmophobia as a game, which is absolutely terrifying. Uh, but no, he he kind of does it for it in real life. I think dousing uh, is another and, and, big and one. And as a living, he, I mean, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah but does it wow. professionally? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, so uh, really, really great to have you as a listener, Ben, and uh, and glad you're enjoying the podcast. Yeah, I mean, there's probably some crossover, really, isn't there, between UFOs and. I think I think uh, UFOs and extraterrestrials tend to get lumped in with, with the paranormal or the the supernatural. Um, they do, um, but here's the thing: if you're contacting spirits from the afterlife, what's to say they aren't necessarily alien spirits? Well, if you're talking about um, interdimensional beings rather than interplanetary beings, uh, or if you want to get into the whole um, quantum quantum physics kind of argument where you know every for every choice you've made 
have the other choices been made in another there's an infinite number of dimensions in which you've made all different choices that and that actually time is about moving through dimensions so in another dimension you're still back at school another you know mm. and life life never ends which is this is a nice thing to think you know that that um you know when you experience your your death in in this dimension or whatever dimension you've reached by that time that maybe you know you just pick it up in another dimension Ooh, i don't know somewhere Ooh. else oh i don't know as i like yes. that idea Mm. But there's also the you know the idea that um, that the reality that we know what we consider to be, for instance, solid objects, actually aren't. That um, if you you look at the structure of an atom, the only matter in an atom is the nucleus, which is proportionate to the to the size of the whole atom. It's uh, of uh, according to Bill Bryson in, in his book about life, the universe, everything. It's it's the, the amount of matter. It's like a fly in a cathedral, that kind of proportion. So most of what we perceive as as solid objects or reality around us is is energy, and the idea that it's it's vibrating at a certain frequency. That if you change the frequency, like a changing channels on a radio station, you create you're in a different reality. Yes, and that's well, how things move from one to the other. Because I'm I'm quite famously a, a big trekky person, and that's looked at occasionally, like yeah, with things being sort of shifted out of phase and mm. and what have you, and, and phase cloaking devices, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I mean that's quite a deep, deep well. Um, it's it's <laughs> taking a scientific approach, but you, you could say I, mean, I, I don't know I don't know if, if Ben's going to agree with this that maybe you know, when when you think you've seen a ghost or whatever it is actually just like on the radio you get interference from another well, F AM radio you get interference <laughs> from another station you just briefly pick up something else that's not supposed to be there could well be let us know your thoughts on that Ben uh, and one last person I want to give a shout out to uh, is someone who's been listening for a little while now but got in touch with us uh, Ty uh, so thank you for listening Ty, Ty has mentioned also how much he's enjoying the podcast but Hi, here's the big thing Ty also enjoys our other podcast that we do oh, uh, does of course he? Tales from the Twenty side now Ty, Ty made a particular comment um, that, and, and it's one of the reasons that, well, I mean what to give a shout out and say hello anyway but, hmm. uh, but Ty has said that of course he found now I can't remember if he found Aliens Explored because of Twenty side or Tales from the Twenty Side because of Aliens Explored. But he found one because of the other. He said we don't mention Tales from the Twenty Side often enough on here. Um, and right. that he feels that, that a lot of listeners would really enjoy Tales from the Twenty Side, so we should give it a good plug. So I'm going to do that now. So <laughs> talesfromthe20side.com. That's 20 in letters, not numbers. Um, that's the other podcast. I mean, I'll let you actually because you're newer to that genre. I'll let you explain what Tales from the Twenty Side is, Neil. Um, well, it's uh, <laughs> I'm going throwing on, you in it. On, there on, a a, bit. <laughs> a, a, Dom, our, our games master. It, it is a game. It's a it's a Pathfinder Second Edition Let's Play role play game. It's a sort of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, sorry, yeah, you're nodding. Oh, that's good. Good. I'm I nodding. Uh, I'm nodding. I, I wasn't yes. sure I just made a faux pas there. <laughs> Um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a, a kind of game involving um, five of us at the last count, 
and uh, we yes we're, we're working our way through the Pathfinder second edition adventure How, what have we done so far is it about one out of six books or something uh, one out of six books for the adventure path reign of winter mm. uh, that's the specific adventure path that we're on yeah so i mean for for any listeners familiar with uh, role-playing games or or actual play uh, podcasts and things like that because neil you, you are very new to that that genre aren't you i i am yeah yeah um, it's the first well it's the first time i've ever done it I've never played a yeah. role-play game before or not, um, not that kind of role-play game, anyway. We do have a lot, a lot of fun with that. Uh, so yeah, so check it out if you if you like mm. your fantasy, if you like your role-playing games. Uh, definitely head on over to talesfromthetwinside.com. I think I even put a link in the descriptions okay. for these, so you can find that there. Um, and of course, do do share with us uh, your thoughts, and you can get in touch with us, like Ed has, like Joan has, like Ben has, and like Ty has. Uh, you can get in touch with us through Twitter, through Facebook, uh, and through the website aliensexplored.com, or by just searching Aliens Explored on your social medias. Um, now we've waffled on an awful lot already today. Well, no, I think this, this is stuff that had to be said. You know, these are people yes. we, we want to we want to reach, we want to talk to, and we you know we really appreciate it. It's, it's certainly not time wasted. I don't think. Oh no, no, yeah. absolutely. But people have tuned into this episode to listen to us talk about Phil Schneider. Yes. Um, now this was one of those rare, rare occasions where actually it's you switched me onto it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just um, I, I I use Amazon Prime. I watch I watch movies on. I, I'm I'm totally hooked into Amazon, for for better or for worse. You know, I read my <laughs> books on a Kindle. I have all my music on Amazon Music because you know I can shuffle between ten thousand songs, all the albums I ever had, or ever wanted, ever thought I might want to listen to. They're all just there in my playlist, and I just shuffle them. Um, and of course, movies. And uh, I came across this one called *The Underground*. Um, this is uh, it's called *The Underground*. Colon director's cut. Um, it's it's uh, available on Amazon Prime, free to watch. And uh, yes, it's about Phil Schneider, who um, you know he's he's one of these um, he's he's a credible scientist who mm. who, who made some quite startling revelations. And then and then died mysteriously. Yes. Uh, now, wait. When you first mentioned this to me, and, and oh, and it's worth very quickly mentioning, uh, we talk about Amazon Prime. That that's here in the UK. Mm. Uh, it comes free when you subscribe, or currently that's the situation at the time of recording. Um, not sure about uh, the US and other countries. Uh, but check it out. Check it out. The Underground, it's called, uh, as a documentary. Well worth watching. And uh, so I, I found it fascinating. When you first mentioned it to me, though, I thought, how have I not heard about this guy? How have I? How am I hmm. unaware of it? Because it like sounded like a really big event, and it was a really big event. Then on watching the documentary, I realised, ah, actually, I had heard the stories and tales mm. uh, from his lecture. I just hadn't connected with the name. Um, right. So, yeah, so in ufology terms, um, I think he's got a bit of, uh, I don't want to say celebrity status, but, but certainly he's well known, I think, in ufology mm. terms. 
um, but it was it was really interesting watching the the documentary and going into the detail that they did. Yeah. Mm. Um, but as someone sort of new to it all, was it quite a revelation to you then? Um, it really was, and uh, I had so many questions about it. So he he was involved with building a secret underground base in uh, is it pronounced Dolce? Uh, uh, Dulce. 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 New, I, I, I think Dulce, because that's how it's said in Latin. Dulce, yeah. yeah. Um, Dulce, New Mexico, and, and for the military. So this this base, deep underground. Um, is it, was it area, is it near area? 51? Well, it's it's in New Mexico, so it's not going to be that far, but, but near <laughs> to mm. us in the UK... Um, near means maybe you know 10 15 miles away uh, in america it's yeah. you know it can be hundreds of miles away and that's near so um it's a different concept to us of absolutely given given that it's a big enough area that they can, they can test nuclear weapons uh, yeah. in new mexico or, or nevada yeah yeah just to yes. just to jump on something just about said he was building an underground base i know he was involved in a tunneling operation that seemed to encroach on an existing underground base yes basically they they drilled into this according to his claims according Um, to his testimony and and whilst being lowered down into it he encountered these these greys um the 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 ET form that we're we're all used to seeing now, and uh, had a gunfight with them. Yes, and they zapped him with something that um, a, a colleague was coming down who I think was a, a marine, um, who well, returned fire and uh, got him out of there. Um, just to expand a little bit on the on on the events as 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 I've understood it. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they were drilling down. The drill kept breaking repeatedly, 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 which is is kind of unheard of for these drills. Mm. So they had to send a physical person down. Why? Why they couldn't send a camera down? I don't know. When was this? This was. Um... This would have been in uh, nineteen eighty-five, I believe. So yes. Yeah, uh, oh no! Uh, sorry, in August of 1979, they still would have had cameras capable of being lowered, wouldn't they? Yes. In 1979, or so just checking that. The... Yes, but uh, he has said that they needed to send actual people down. So he went down in this cage with, as you absolutely rightly say, a marine. Um, hmm. He goes down there suddenly in this, uh, and he said that in particular the smell. Hmm. They, they're basically these creatures smelled like raw sewage. He gets his gun out and shoots one. Um, it mentions it being Walther PPK that he had as a sidearm. It's um, like James Bond. Yeah. Um, What was the Marine doing? Because he even said, like, you know, he was wearing this heavy-duty, almost like a spacesuit that, that mm. you have to wear to go down this depth, which, fair enough. So it's quite bulky, so he's sort of struggling to get the clip in. What's the Marine doing at that point? That's what I'm wondering. 
Um, well, was the shaft big enough for them to both go down together, or was the marine somewhere behind him? But they were in a cage, being lowered in the, in the same cage. It wasn't, yes, the marine wasn't following him down. Enough. Yeah, because the marine basically rescued him and and sort of dragged him back and and got the cage to be lifted up again. Okay, I'm I'm not too sure about the sequence of events. My, my understanding was that he'd gone down there on his own, and it just happened by chance that the marine was following him down. And bailed him out after he'd been. Okay, shot with I might something. I might have misunderstood that then, but definitely mentioned being lowered in a cage. But here's a, here's a more sort of personal question. Imagine you're you're digging a a hole. You're, you're digging an underground bunker in the in the desert, and something keeps going wrong. You can't work out what it is. So they're saying, well, we need to send an engineer down to just have a look and yeah. see what's down there, what's causing this. And then they say to him, oh, by the way, um, you'll need to take a gun with you. <laughs> you'll need a side I think what yeah and, you, and you'll need this marine to go with you as well and he, he'll also be armed so, wait a minute I'm, I'm looking at I'm going to look at a, a geological feature what why do I mean we're British yes I'm not, I'm not saying, we saying we that like we, are, we are we are British <laughs> no, and we're Europeans we're Europeans and um, yeah. we're not used to having guns so uh, uh, Americans just I mean we know that Americans have they, they love their guns, or they have a gun culture. <laughs> uh, not all Americans, of course. Some, um, some, uh, some, some Americans, yes. apparently most Americans don't own a gun. That, uh, although right, well, that's good to hear, because I'm um, going al- there next year. Although there are more guns than there are head of population, it's large numbers of guns concentrated in small numbers of heads, apparently. Right, in, um, in compounds. In, in compounds, yeah, or <laughs> cellars, or, or hidden rooms. Um, but, yeah, so would they... Would uh, to be just yeah. And if you're working on a military project, um, even if you're a civilian, that you would be routinely armed. Yeah, I I I kind of took that on faith that yes, you know, because it's a military contract, because it's a military job. Hmm. Um, yes, he would be. But, have a but, sidearm. But my experience in the British Army was that, you know, soldiers working on a project wouldn't be. Soldiers aren't routinely armed. They're not routinely walking around with loaded weapons, with with live ammunition in them. But I, I guess I in, in the US, it's far more. Sorry, I suppose it depends on the project. Ultimately, um, it's about likelihood of encountering so they, enemies. They, they must have thought there was a fair likelihood of. I mean, it, uh, uh, another question: um, when the astronauts went into space on the Apollo missions or on, on shuttle missions are they armed as well? Now I don't believe so because um, for one thing the chemicals in gunpowder that, that would have been pretty devastating I mean you fire a gun in a pressurised space capsule yeah that's insta kill for everyone but if you if you're you know okay we're going to walk on the moon um, just in case there's something there that's hostile you better take a gun with you. I have um, I have never heard anything about any mm, space missions having armed weapons. Other I mean than I, I, Star Wars as one. As yeah, well I, I know they're doing fifties B movies as well. You know they're always have. When no, I say Star Wars, I meant I meant the projects, not the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you if you're working on a if you're working on a military space station or something, I imagine you would have some kind of 
some kind of weaponry, some way of defending uh, yourself. Officially, there aren't any military space stations, though, are there? There are military no, satellites, but no. Not officially. Because you've got the ISS is the only real space mm. station that I'm aware of. Uh, and NASA, of course, is not a military organisation. No. But no, it just struck me as funny that someone being sent down a hole in the middle of the United States to look at what's causing the drills to break would have been given a gun. And you know, and he, did, he did mention um, about... And, and it was kind of almost a throwaway remark, or at least it seemed to be in the documentary, um, that, you know, he, he's working on this dig and then suddenly, like, 40 Marines turn up Mm. Uh, as part of the project and he, he, I think he said you know like that's when you know there's something serious going on yeah something but you know if, if you're on a military site you'd, yeah. you'd be used to seeing soldiers or marines yeah around, but if you're around out in the middle of nowhere just doing drilling for the military mm. uh, you might have like some military officers but then all of a sudden an additional 40 marines are posted to your location in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, again, yeah, I probably wouldn't have been too concerned if I, if I was on a military project. You know, you know, the army or the marines, they do all sorts of things. Yeah, if they're there from the start, but if, yeah. if you're halfway through the project and suddenly for no apparent reason they're suddenly <laughs> an extra 40 marines. Mm. We're not talking squaddies, we're talking marines. Yeah. Uh, which, as I understand it, is they're they're sort of highly trained. They, they're they a bit are, like yeah. our SAS. They're, they're, I think they're a bit like our Marines. Just um, you know, they they are they are highly trained infantrymen. You know, the, the Marines will always say they're better than the Army. The Army will always say they're better than the Marines. That's just the esprit de corps. Um, I mean, Marines are trained in. I mean, the US Marines are very different from the Royal Marines. The Royal Marines is just part of the the Navy, and traditionally they would be soldiers who would be on board a ship. Uh, they they do the you know in in the old sort of you know, days of galleons when when ships would would hove to and prepare boarding parties. Well, that would be your Marines. They they would do that fighting. That that was their job. Or you you need to land somewhere. And you need to send people ashore, and it's possibly hostile territory. That's that's what your marines are for. And and then later, you know, you're actually using them for invasions and things. That's what uh, that's what they're trained up to. Do. Whereas the U.S. Marine, U.S. Marine Corps is pretty much an armed services in itself. I, I mean, it, it might even be bigger than the entire British armed services. I mean, they have their own ships. So pretty much, they have their navy. They have their own air force. So the U.S. Marine Army Air Corps. US Marine Air Corps so you know they, they have it and as well as their infantry so they land sea and air okay well we're, I mean I'm, I'm conscious times getting mm. on a bit on this subject so we, we we've talked about kind of the project he was doing and the event he had now the big thing about Phil Schneider wasn't I mean obviously it was mm. that experience but it's the fact he then went basically round on lecture tours which is what the underground film is isn't talking it? about it yeah i'm partly that and partly i talked a lot about his father they're, they're, i mean there's so much to unpack about phil schneider it's it's unbelievable hmm. um not unbelievable well yeah, to many people it would be unbelievable but um that's not quite what i meant, I meant it's shocking how much yeah. there is to unpack about him um but 
but particularly I, I want us to talk about the fact he went on these this public tour schedule and then he died under some very questionable circumstances mm. uh, now it's not unheard of for um, governments to basically to, to knock people off and, and then pass it off as suicide mm. and it seems like that's what's happened here uh, because he was found um, he was found face down in his wheelchair with his catheter tube tied tightly around his neck that asphyxiated him mm. um, and yet he's just passed off very quickly as oh it's suicide hmm um, well, how did he end up in the wheelchair? Uh, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure about the nature of his medical condition. Um, certainly, his experiences down in that tunnel. He, he said that basically the, this beam of light opened hmm. him up like a fish. So I can only imagine that he must have had ongoing issues from that. That's what I was wondering if he if he'd actually been crippled when that, he was wounded yeah. in that gunfight because he obviously. He obviously wasn't wheelchair bound when they sent him down. <laughs> sent no. down a, a paraplegic. But also, I mean, I also noted when I, when I was preparing for for today's little chat that there's there's very little on the web about him, and there are even comments um, in Wikipedia and such like saying, "Where is all the stuff about Phil Schneider?" It's all it all seems to have been taken down. that's a yeah highly question but then if you if you get into that kind of that that conspiracy well they're just removing all information how is there a documentary about him yeah someone someone filmed his lecture tour and yeah that that yeah why would you why would you get rid of the guy and get rid of all the references to him online but then leave this this movie I mean, on there's on loads Amazon. of his lectures on YouTube yeah that you can find so uh, uh, yeah it doesn't look like someone's done a kind of a cleansing of the internet of him um it's it's yeah it's hard to say I mean the Wikipedia thing because a lot of it is contentious and it's a lot of things that he's claimed uh some people would say that he's not provided evidence although that's hmm. up for debate um so yeah so I can see why Wikipedia might just say look people are saying this is fact it might not be fact so Mm. let's just not have it Um, because they do uh, occasionally Mm. Mm. but it's uh, yeah it's it's a really it's a curious case it's a very curious case Um, let's let's so I'm I'm going to say to to all the listeners out there, if you have access to uh, to to finding this documentary, watch it. Let us know what you think about it, and maybe you know if if we hear from enough people, I think this is a topic we can revisit at some point. Mm. Uh, and I I think I'd like to revisit it at some point because there's there's a lot to go into. Um, 
in the meantime, let's let's do our summaries then. Um, so it was you who switched me on. You, you watched the documentary and you said this would be a great topic for for our podcast, which it is absolutely. Hmm. Um, watching the documentary, did you take everything on faith that what he's saying is accurate or that is true? Um, no, I don't think I did. Um, I, I I didn't know didn't know quite what to make of it. This guy who'd been in a firefight down in deep beneath the bowels of the earth, where actually you know digging their underground bunker, and actually came across a, a, an extraterrestrial alien bunker that was already there. Um, it sounds fantastic, it, doesn't it? That's it? the thing. It sounds fantastic. Um, and, uh, but and, but, and the, but the guy has a lot of credibility. He's an engineer. He's he's and a, a geologist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but this to, when, when we talk about, uh, and I hesitate to use this to firefight because, mm. by his own story, what happened was he went down, saw these beings, it terrified him, and he happened to have a gun on him, so he shot one of them, killed mm. it again by his own, mm. and they've then reacted to that. They've then defended themselves, and he was hauled up out of there. Mm. That's what he said in in as part of this lecture in this documentary. Um, that I wouldn't call that a firefight. I would call that um, an exchange. Unfortunate incident. An, an exchange. Uh, it shows, if nothing else, our weapons are deadlier than theirs. Not necessarily because how do we know that the reaction, the, the physical reaction, was at full power? Mm, we don't. Um, uh, yeah, that that would be speculation. Um, and it, you know, there's so much speculation. That's all you can do. But it was definitely a reaction. He got in for, and, it, and if he's had time to fumble with getting this gun out with his gloved hand and then getting a clip in, and he said he was struggling to do it because mm. you know. He's had lots of time. So they've not just seen him and gone, oh, look, intruder, zap. I mean, he was the aggressor. Yeah. In that encounter, very much. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So, so um, what, what, what... Yeah, Mike and I was have a question. What, what's happening about the bunker now? Did they just decide, okay, well, there's something down there that's hostile. Well, we've, we've made it hostile. Um, maybe we should go and put our bunker somewhere else. Is that what's happened to it? Or they, they well, blocked it, up the hole, or they they've made a rapprochement with the uh, with the aliens, or whatever well, it is down there. Who's who's to say? I mean, certainly he he never mentioned going back there at all. Hmm. And of course, it's all in a very secure area. Uh, yeah, mm. it's a good question. Yeah. And what were they? What were they drilling for? And if the government knew that they were down there, which has been speculated, why were they trying to drill into it? Yeah, and and why would they send a geologist down first? Yeah, unless they thought, well, actually, we we need we need to we need to get a bit further before we can before we can send the marines in. Yes, it raises a huge amount of questions. Now I'm. I'm I'm willing to accept a lot of what he says on faith. Um, 
but there's an, well that's the thing I'll accept it on faith with a huge but mm. yes in, I have questions if, yeah but there's more we need to know um, was he bumped off by the government because he knew too much absolutely I'm, I'm convinced of that mm. I remain utterly convinced of that there is just so much to the story that, that with so many missing pieces to the story though uh, it's really hard to to gauge what actually happened and what was happening. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But what do you think, listeners? As I say, go and watch this movie and do, do let us know. Um, like I said at the beginning, let us know by the usual methods. Uh, you can contact us through Facebook and through Twitter by searching Aliens Explored. Um, or you can uh, get in touch through aliensexplored.com. Home. Um, now, next week, Neil. Mm. Now, surely you're a movie fan. I am a big movie fan, and I have to say though, I've only seen this movie once. When it <gasps> first came out. Uh, yeah, uh, I know. I know. Oh, Neil, <laughs> Neil, Neil. Uh, I'm coming well. clean. <laughs> okay, but it's a movie that I yeah. think. Many of us, many of us have seen many times. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the famous Steven Spielberg movie. But we'll be asking the question, was it actually based on real events? Mm. Don't miss that one. Do, 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 do. That's it. <laughs> so, until then... Keep watching where you're drilling and the skies. Take care for now. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.